This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A Super Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, Jody Mack keeping you up to date with what's going on in the Super Bowl, but we're also giving you something else to talk about if you're not into the game. Or if you're a struggling fan who's not quite getting there to the big game, has it in a while, might not see it in the offing. We've had a couple of guests do it with us today. Now we got a twofer, a two for one, because we're going to talk about New York football struggles with my next guest. He is the afternoon drive on WFAN, our flagship station in New York. He's a bud. He's a fellow wrestling crony, blah, 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 blah. But uh, we'll, we'll stick to New York struggles tonight while I got him on my line. Evan Roberts here with me on CBS Sports Radio. How you been, Ev? It's an honor to spend my Super Sunday with you. How are you? <laughs> yes, on tape. Thank you very much for taping this ahead of time. I hope you're enjoying the game when this actually airs. Well, but you can't be enjoying it that much because the Jets aren't in it. The Giants aren't in it. Now, I know you're a Jet fan, but you talk about the Giants all the time on the air. This was specifically bad, like outrageously bad, how bad the Jets and Giants were. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that because, like, they have the most losses of any two teams over the last five seasons in the National Football League. Yes, Cincinnati waited 33 years. They had to let Boomer Esiason grow up and become a talk show host on WFAN before they ever got back to the Super Bowl again. Are the Jets or the Giants going to ever make the Super Bowl in your or my lifetime? Mine probably uh, right now, no. How about yours? Right now I lean towards a very heavy no on that. I think we <laughs> we expected the Jets to be terrible this year. That was the expectation going in, uh, and we got everything we expected. The Giant thing was crazy because there were actually high expectations for the Giants. Maybe we were all delusional. Maybe we all bought into the Joe Judge hype and the offseason hype of signing Kenny Galladay and Saquon coming back. It feels like the Jets are one step closer than the Giants. They've done the, they've done the rebuild. They have the new head coach. Uh, we hope they have the quarterback. The Giants, on the other hand, it's weird. They changed the entire coaching staff. They changed the front office. And yet, I kind of think the roster is going to be very similar, and they're going to run it back with Daniel Jones thinking he's the guy. I don't think he is. Saquon's going to come back. 
And so it feels like the Giants are a few extra steps away than the Jets are. But as a Jet fan, it's tough to ever believe they're actually going to end up playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, we've come close, as you know, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Denver in 98. But they are certainly at least further along than the Giants are at this point. I would agree with you there for one simple reason. And I didn't buy into the Giant hype for one simple reason. I don't think Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback. There may be quarterbacks out there that worse. You got to see it up close and personal when Jones got hurt. But that's a mis- misnomer and a, a misleader just because he's better than Jeff Fromm and uh, Mike Glennon doesn't mean he's a franchise quarterback. You mentioned how they have turned a lot over in New York, necessarily so, but yet they're sticking with Daniel Jones. Why? God, man. You know, I I think the why is a horrible answer, but I'm going to give you the why I think they're doing this. I don't believe they feel there's a better option. I don't think they love the draft. I don't think they see a franchise quarterback in this draft. I don't think they love free agency. I don't think they want to make a trade for Deshaun Watson. I don't think they want to make a trade for Russell Wilson. And I think what they're doing is kicking the can down the road. Okay. Like Even if Daniel Jones has a solid year this year, I don't think they're bringing him back because I don't think they're going to pay him. So I really think, because I've been racking my brain over the same thing, I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. And forget about ability. He can't prove, he hasn't proven he can stay healthy. So even if you buy his talent, which I don't, which you don't, how could you trust that he's going to stay on the field? So I think a lot of this is about looking at the market, looking at what's out there, and basically saying, we don't see the answer now, so let's just give Daniel Jones another year, and maybe in the draft a year from now, we'll find that guy that we think can be our franchise quarterback. It's a terrible reason, but I think that's the main reason Daniel Jones is getting another year. All right, another giant question for you. It's going to be an ongoing story because of the ongoing lawsuit. The whole Belichick mistext, his former head coach uh, uh, fumbling around the Bryans that got the job and Dable was the guy who he meant rather than the guy who he texted. Uh, it was, at least on my national show, a pretty big story about, well, do the Giants really listen to Belichick? Does he advise them who to hire as their new head coach, or do they just keep him in the loop? How big a story was that in New York, and how bad does it look for the New York Giants? Oh, it was a monstrous story. I mean, it was absolutely a lead story days in a row. I think that, so there was a split going before that lawsuit came out. There was a split amongst Giant fans between Brian Flores and Brian Dable. But I think most Giant fans looked at both candidates as good candidates and certainly upgrades over Joe Judge. So I think when they hired Dable, there was certainly not a negative reaction. When the lawsuit came out, I think the controversy was surrounding, I guess, their hiring practices and looking at, hey, this is a franchise that's never had a black head coach. So I think there were certainly tough questions being asked about this franchise. As far as the connection of Bill is concerned, I've always felt this way. It's like John Mara looks at Bill Belichick as another son. Because remember when they hired Joe Judge two years ago? One of the glowing comments we heard is, Bill said to John Mara, you're going to get it right with this guy. He's better than your previous two coaches. Not that that's saying much. Pat Shermer was a disaster. Ben McAdoo was a disaster. So it's almost as if every time they're looking for a head coach, they need to talk to the godfather. They need to talk to Bill and get his blessing. And while we all know Bill's the greatest of all time, or at least one of the greatest coaches of all time, it's not like his tree is wonderful, and it's not like his you know, opinions on who the next great head coach is wonderful. So 
it, it's odd that John Mara really cares that much what Bill has to say, but it certainly feels over the last few coaching cycles that he's really a part of the discussions, or at least they want to get his blessing before they hire somebody, which is crazy. Evan Roberts from WFAN, our guest, talking about when New York gets in the championship mode, football or otherwise. We started with football. We'll branch out a little bit later. Um, all right, let's move it over to the Jets. They flashed a little bit this year, and that may be the worst thing that can happen to an organization. Sometimes it's the best. Sometimes it's the worst. They beat Tennessee, who ended up with the best record in the AFC. They beat Cincinnati, who is now in the Super Bowl representing the AFC. And then there were all these other games where they were giving up 50 burgers. Uh, So at times, they made you smile. At times, they gave you hope. But at times, it was SOJ, same old Jets. How do you decide which is the truth? I lean towards same old Jets only for this reason. There were times in which their defense looked historically bad. Not just bad, not just Jet bad, but as bad as we've ever seen. There were decisions that were made this year that made no sense. Uh, There was the famous communication issue in which on fourth and two, a long two, they're running a quarterback sneak with Zach Wilson in the game against Tampa Bay in which Robert Sala said, it's my fault. And LaFleur said, it's my fault. And Zach Wilson said, I guess it's my fault. No one knows whose fault it was. All I know is it was ridiculous play calling that cost them what would have been a great win against Tampa Bay. So I'm not sure about this head coach. I don't know how anyone can be. Um, They need more talent. And I hate to be as blunt as that and obvious as that, but it's true. They have a lot of money uh, that they can use this offseason. There's a guy we're watching this Super Bowl, Bates, who I think would be a great addition. They need a safety. They need a corner. They need another pass rusher. They need Carl Lawson to be healthy. They need to give Zach Wilson another playmaker. There's a lot. They need a tight end. (laughs) There's a lot of things that they need. They have extra first-round pick. They've got a lot of cap space. And then we've got to find out, is this quarterback legit or not? Um, There were flashes, you said it, at the end of the season uh, that made you think he could be the guy. But you know what what scares me about that? You saw Joe Burrow in his rookie season, and even though he was only 2-7-1, you looked at him and said, he's a franchise quarterback. You could tell early on. You watched Justin Herbert. You could tell early on. Usually if it's taking you a couple of years to think about it and figure it out, the answer is no. Now, that doesn't mean I'm burying Zach Wilson. Look at Josh Allen. I don't think we knew he was a franchise quarterback after one year. But year two is going to be monstrous. It's going to be huge. And they need an infusion of talent. They need Mekhi Becton to actually get through a season healthy. And we got to find out if this coach knows how to coach. I didn't see anything from his rookie year that makes me think he's the next great head coach. So they got a lot to prove. I think the last time I didn't go into a season saying we need a tight end was uh, either Jerome Barkham or Richard Castor. I'm not sure which, but it's <laughs> yeah, kind of been yeah. a long time. Um, Very. Salah, certainly second year, uh, is under the microscope. How about Joe Douglas? Because he's had some premium picks to use and some free agent capabilities of landing guys, and he's hit and missed on both of those. Whose seat is actually hotter, the coach or the general manager? I don't think right now either seat is hot. I think Joe Douglas saved himself a little bit with this draft. This draft from 2021, we'll see about the quarterback, but looked really, really good. And that's a big difference from the draft of 2020, which looked like an absolute disaster and still looks like an absolute disaster. His free agent hits have not been there. Corey Davis was a bust this year. Carl Lawson couldn't get on the field this year. 
So, look, the jury's out on Joe Douglas. The jury's out on Robert Sala. But I think that right now as Jet fans, we're looking at this marriage and saying, all right, we have to be patient. We have no other choice. But I do think that this upcoming year is a year in which you need to see significant progress. Like, you really need to see victories. You need to see wins, not just, hey, we're developing this, we're developing that. So I don't think either guy's on the hot seat, but I think Joe Douglas had a better year last year because of how good that draft looks. And if, God forbid, Zach Wilson's a real quarterback, then that draft can be an all-timer. I mean, that's how good that can be. But he's going to be tied to Zach. I mean, that's the truth. You know, when you're a general manager and you – get rid of the quarterback from the previous regime, and you use a premium pick on a quarterback, you're going to be attached to that guy. And so that's how we're going to determine, I think, Joe Douglas's future in a couple of years. Is Zach Wilson just another one along the lines of Browning, Nagel, and Sam Darnold and Geno Smith that ends up just in the dustpan of jet history, or is he actually the guy we're waiting for? And I know I'm going to sound like a whining Jet fan, which I would have every right to be, but... Buffalo, New England, Miami, all winning teams ahead of them in the division. So uh, they have to improve themselves. It's not going to be easy because they are coming out of a pretty good division this year. Evan Roberts yep. from WFAN, our guest here on uh, CBS Sports Radio. All right. Uh, so football, not in the offing. The Bengals did go from 4-11-1, but they had the superstar quarterback. We don't know if the – we don't believe the Giants have it. We don't know if the Jets have it. So it's going to be difficult for either of those two teams. Where is the New York championship coming from, Evan? Know how big a net fan you are. We exchanged pleasantries before we taped this interview, and you said, yeah, good luck with that bum uh, that you just acquired, meaning uh, the beard. And I said, oh, you think you're getting a prize with Ben Simmons, Mr. I don't want to play anymore? So it's kind of your problem for our problem. Um, do you think the Nets can actually make it all work and be a title contender this year? No. No, I, you know, the pro- here's the problem. All right, Kevin Durant, I love him. All right, Kevin Durant has been awesome since he's been a Brooklyn Net. He's had a tough time staying healthy. He had the hamstring issue last year. He's got the knee issue right now. He's only getting older. Kyrie Irving isn't eligible for home games. And I continue to hear, well, there's optimism. Sean Marks even said recently, the world is changing. Well, does that mean the, the vaccine mandate in New York City is changing? When that changes, let me know. Right. The Brooklyn Nets have no shot to win an NBA championship unless Kyrie Irving is eligible in home and road games. And by the way, that was the same thing two weeks ago before James Harden quit on the team. Like, they need Kyrie Irving to be eligible for home games and road games. The Harden thing's a disaster. I mean, it really is. Like, I'm pissed at him because he quit on the team, but I also am realist to say, hey, I wish this didn't happen. Like, I didn't like the trade to begin with but I warmed up to it because James Harden was great last year. And him and Kyrie Irving had a great chemistry, and it worked. And when those three guys were on the floor, they looked unbeatable. They were only on the floor together for two games this season. And for whatever reason, James Harden didn't want to be here. So it stinks. And did Sean Marks do okay in the trade? He did all right. I mean, I think he did as well as he could, but he had to trade him considering James Harden was miserable and quit and quit in that game against Sacramento and stopped talking to Kevin Durant. And for whatever reason, just wanted to get the heck out of here. So it is what it is. But I have a tough time believing in the midst of this long losing streak that they're on that all of a sudden everyone's going to be healthy. You've got new pieces now that need to figure out how they fit together, and they're going to make this all work before the postseason. I mean, I'm a negative guy to begin with, don't get me wrong, but I have a really tough time trying to rationalize how all of this is going to fit so quickly, and everyone's going to be healthy, and Kyrie's going to be eligible for all games. 
And so while they may on paper have the best shot of any New York team at winning a championship because they have Kevin Durant, right now I, it would be very difficult for me to confidently say they're going to. One more Durant question, then uh, we'll turn over to baseball. What does he like about Kyrie? Because I've got to believe in part the Harden relationship fell apart because Harden realized that Kevin was always going to choose Kyrie over anybody. And Kevin sticks up for Kyrie and the decisions that he makes and the wacky things that he does and says, what is it about Kyrie that KD seems to just buy into no matter what it is? I think he's just friends with them. I mean, I hate to give a simple answer, but it just seems like they've got a very, very close connection. I I think you're right, by the way, that Irving not being eligible for all games and maybe even his personality definitely clashed with James Harden. And Kevin Durant is closer to Kyrie Irving than he is James. But the other thing I heard is that there was a clash in styles, too, that Durant wasn't in love with the way James Harden was running the offense. So I think the issues that really broke this whole thing apart Kyrie's involved in. I don't want to minimize it, but I think it ran deeper than that. I mean, I think there were other issues between Durant and Harden that didn't even feature Kyrie Irving, but he loves Kyrie. And look, when Kyrie Irving's on the court, he's tremendous. And there's no questioning his game. The problem is he's not reliable. The problem is if it wasn't the vaccine mandate, I think a lot of us feel there would be something else keeping him off the floor. There always seems to be something keeping him off the floor. But remember, Kevin Durant picked Brooklyn after Kyrie Irving. That's at least the impression we all got. So as much as Kyrie drives me nuts, I don't think I ever get Kevin Durant on my basketball team without Kyrie Irving wanting to come here first. I think James Harden figured that out too, and that's why he fought his way out of town. All right, uh, let's move over to baseball where you can make an argument for the Mets and the Yankees both being in the mix in this upcoming season. I don't think either one of them are favorites, but they're in the mix as playoff teams. Who's got the better roster right now? Oh, right now it feels like the Mets do, which is crazy. I don't think I ever make that statement. But the one thing about this offseason is that I don't think the Yankees have had an offseason. I think that their strategy was we're not going to do anything until after the lockout. And maybe that was to see what the luxury tax numbers are, maybe to see what the new CBA is going to look like. But this is a team that did nothing. I mean, look what their offseason was prior to the lockout. They didn't do anything. They've got major issues they need to address. On the other hand, the Mets were aggressive. I mean, the Mets obviously go out and add Max Scherzer, so now they've got this super one-two if both guys can stay healthy. They add Escobar, they add Kana. Like, the Mets have had more of an offseason. So it may be unfair to say the Mets, only because I expect the Yankees to be aggressive coming out of this lockout whenever the heck it ends. But right now, I mean, Mets fans are certainly more positive than than Yankee fans. There's no doubt about that. All right, I'll give you my opinion, uh, share with me yours, and see if our numbers actually match up. I think Buck Showalter was a very good hire for the Mets, but I think Buck Showalter has a shelf life. It, at some point, it's going to go bad. It has every one of his other stops. He has had success, which is followed by, at some point, some kind of uh, blow-up. How long is it before the blow-up in New York, if you agree with my evaluation? I think he manages the team for between uh, three to four years in that range. That's the the run we get out of him. Is that going to be enough to win a championship in? Well, <laughs> it better. I mean, think about it. The, the, the reason why anyone would think the Mets have a chance to win a championship is because of DeGrom and Scherzer, that it reminds them of Schilling and Johnson. Well, I don't know how much more you have of either guy. I mean, Jake had a, 
a tough time staying healthy last year. There's no guarantee Jacob DeGrom's going to be able to pitch into his late 30s as much as I'd love that. So when you look at the way this roster is built right now, they need to do it quick because Jake and Max are the magical one, too. So it better be three years or else, you know, who knows what this team's going to look like four years from now. Uh, well, we'll we'll be living through it and seeing if it does come to fruition. Yoav, I appreciate you hopping on with me. I hope you're enjoying the Super Bowl that neither the Jets or the Giants are playing in and won't be for the next couple of years. But we'll see if New York does get a championship run in the next 12 months. Thanks, brother, and tell Craig I send my regards. You got it. Thank you. Anytime, man. That is Evan Roberts, midday host on WFAN, or excuse me, afternoon drive host on WFAN with Craig Carton. Uh, uh, good dude, uh, smart guy, knows the sports inside and out, and yes, he and I could have probably done 20 minutes of wrestling too, but uh, wasn't going to go there here on our Super Bowl show. All right, Jody Mack coming back here with you on CBS Sports Radio. I'm live in the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for home to fit in your budget and your family? Rocket can. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.